0: so how is everybody are you you cold
1: covering up my arm i got bandages all over
0: it
2: why you got bandages all over your arm oh jesus we went over this last last, episode (laughs) last episode obviously you haven't listened yet see chad here's
1: the same story i said then people celebrate and they should celebrate the firefighters and first responders that run into burning buildings and people celebrate when kids and people make it out of burning buildings got it you jacked off a lawnmower why don't people ever celebrate the people that started the fire so those people can be celebrated? Sometimes we get hurt, Chad. Sometimes we get hurt. Jacked off a lawnmower, got
0: it. How does one Ask him give a handy J to a lawnmower?
1: Obviously not well look at his on if, if you have an old one that has the pump to you know, to prime it. Mine self primes. Well no, but you know the old ones. It's not an optimus prime.
0: You know, before that, you just jerked the shit out of it to it finally Final started. Which, which is turned that, it over to the which choke, is what, Which is what the new ones came back to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just jerked the shit out of it until it started. Yeah. And with that, welcome to Bonehead. So, oh, what's, are we recording? Yeah. What's well, this episode again called? Uh, this episode, so,
1: so we actually got a compliment from
0: one person for a
1: mixer, which, by the way, that's more than we normally hear back. People do yeah. watch this show. Or but
0: listen. they never don't give a, don't, don't not do say not, listen or channel go listen. all thermonuclear. war. sir,
2: me. I've made that mistake, and you have belittled me or found great I joy. I've belittled
0: me. you and found great joy in correcting you on many other things. Believe me, I'm aware. Yeah. But the point being, yes. Uh,
1: so the 1989 episode where we went through week by week, 1989 talked about why 1989 is a yeah. great year for movies. Uh huh. And so we, we're going back and doing that again. Eventually, we'll do 1932, which is the... 1939. 1939. 39. No, 32, I defend it. Look up. Every movie made in 1932, gold. 1939. We'll do 1939 since that's the gold standard, quote unquote, for movies. Yeah. But we did 89. Gold standard for Hollywood. Uh, yeah. 82, though, is the movie I think that we should most... do
0: 1994. Um, why? But it's Pulp Fiction. It's Forrest Gump. It's oh. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just throwing no, it out there. But, eventually, but
1: we did a nine, but even when we did, A-9, but my parents
2: were still split
1: up. We did, they didn't get back together. They did. They healed. it was no. 1982.
2: Me and you were two years old. He was flunking out of his third year of community college. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm older. I ain't that, much older. <laughs> um,
1: but no. So when we did the nine episode, though, you said that a lot of people Let's... argue 1982 is the better year for
0: They movies. do. There's documentaries about it. it it's it, Geeks all around say 1982 is one of the best I, years. And I, you're here I, I to say this, what?
1: I said this before we started filming, Joe, before Chad got here. Those people are wrong. There is two or three great months in 1982, but when you go through it, as we will, yeah. week by week... There is a parade of lemons. Lemons! lemons. Liz Lemon! But, you know, lemons! I you think what, we didn't do this in
2: 1989, but maybe we should do this in 1982. Because other than movies, there was some other significant pulp culture moments that happened in 1982. Nothing. Thriller?
0: No. Um,
2: David Letterman's uh, primetime talk show premiered? No. USA Today printed its first episode
0: uh, uh, issue. <laughs> USA Good. Today came out 1982. 1982. I didn't realize it was that young. Um, yeah, Epcot neither. opens. Well, okay, I'll give you Epcot. And Epcot, maybe Thriller. That's a World of Tomorrow, Chad.
2: And something that has infuriated everyone. Epcot. Um, no, uh, The Tylenol. That was the year that the Tylenol was poisoned, and they they switched to childproof caps.
0: Oh. Pison. Um. Poison. Gave, I gave one to my boy. My to boy. <laughs> boy. Rock of Rock Ages. Rock of Ages. <laughs> And That's you... for you, Ernest fans out there. I hope you're still watching, Wally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to
2: know uh, what was popular TV wise, uh, we've got Magnum PI, Dynasty, Falcon Crest, <gasps> Hill Street Blues, and of course, Knight Rider.
1: <laughs>
0: and maybe this time he will jump his car <laughs> one last time home. <laughs> Um, That's that show, right? Yeah, sure. if I'm time, not, if time I'm jumper not mis- in a car.
2: And if I'm not mistaken, toy wise, this was the year that Masters of the Universe premiered its first series. I think
0: you're right. I think you're right. So, time jumper is that a movie?
2: Uh, I, it has to be. Actually,
0: by the way, speaking, well, which, let's write it. I uh, know. There, sorry, my my sick kitty wants to hang out with Chad.
1: My um, uh, sweetie. Let me, let me, give, give me one second here, and, and what we'll no, do. No, no, give our viewers uh, 42 no, minutes of silence, say, that's fine, that's What I was going to say, oh my God. We apologize,
0: Chad <laughs> yeah, couldn't be here last week, he was indisposed. He, he got the, <laughs> He I'm had sure, him no, in the I'm clinic sure. trying to cure him off the turkey, wild turkey.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he got the mumps, the. Damn rabbit turkeys all over the place. He got yeah. the,
0: thought it was alcoholism. Nope. He, if he didn't have sex. I tried pouring honey on one. it didn't work. He sexually attracted to gobblers. Gobble, <laughs> gobble, 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 gobble. <laughs> Cut to a big fat man coming, or me. Yes? So, no, uh, what I was going to say, there is actually
1: you, I, this is a good segue, there's not a time jumper, Gobbler to but, but time 1982 jump? did see the release of a film called Time Rider, but we'll get to it, because it was later in 1982. Um... So, yes, we will proceed.
0: 82 gave us uh, some great movies, but it, you're saying 82... 82 has a lot of... I don't whole. see
1: how you can think 82 was a turd. Or because was, remember in 89 when we were like, man, I can't believe that movie came out against yeah. that movie. You know what never happened in 82? Like, there's two or three weekends where I'm like, oh, man, those came out the same weekend. That's, that's interesting. But for the most part... We'll just start going through You just wanna get started. Yeah, start with January. Through. Let's go ahead. January fifteenth was the first weekend that had a new movie come out that wasn't a holdover from the previous winter holiday. Really? day. No, the... January fifteenth saw the release of these great films. Gen... And I know Joe's gonna jump in because the first movie he's gonna defend is the greatest piece of cinema that ever got released. De- De- Deep
0: rising. No, the the Boogans? The Boogans! <laughs> I've never seen it. Have you seen, seen it? A long, long time ago. Can you give me the plot? It's the bo- no.
2: Oh, I can because I looked it up because I'm like, what the hell is it? I, li- I will tell you this. I think it's The bo- the, the Boogans. I loved that movie as a kid. Well, does this
1: bring back any fond memories for you? Yep. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the guy that created The Boogan with a
0: Boogan. a Boogan. I don't have any recollection of it. A
1: Boogan, you see, Joe, it's not, it's not a well-remembered film. It's not a classic. I don't know. Again, let me go ahead and say eighty-two didn't start off with the back. We have talked to somebody who worked on the Boogans. Who I don't know. I
2: got
0: a Jeff Burr directed the
1: Boogans. <laughs> <laughs> this scaly Turtle Monster things that were bounded up in a silver mine that is now used for bootlegging rele- uh, wreak havoc.
0: Well, the hell, Boogans. I want to see it now. By the way,
1: that's the one thing I will say. Like A lot of these are lemons, and if you look them up, they made no money. A ton of movies lost over half their production budget this year. But, the Booga,
0: like I was reading through some of them, and I'm like, God, I know it's awful, but now I'm interested. None of the Booga. Well, you've got to remember, in the 80s, specifically, or the 70s, the poster for some of these movies was oftentimes much better than the actual uh, the movie. The
1: Boogan's is a the poster is a poorly drawn house and it's got two skeleton hands coming up over it.
0: I've never seen this I've seen the poster, but I've
1: never seen the movie. So, that premiered against another new release... Yes. Joe, if you had to fight Satan... It was directed by James L. Conway. If you had to fight... That does not narrow it down for me. If you had to fight Satan... Jimmy Conway, be, you say? If I had to fight Satan... What would be the one part of his anatomy that you'd be worried about?
0: I'd be worried about a huge dong. I've seen nope, this in nope, Jaws.
1: The Jaws of Satan. Which, by the way, has a good, interesting thing. actually that one. made me think about, uh, what's the movie, and I'm blanking on the title, where The Exorcist, The Final Exorcist, mm. S- uh, Final The Last Exorcist. Oh, thank you, The Last Exorcist. Which is a
0: hell of a movie. It sounds like They similar. made a sequel, but it's not a hell of a movie.
1: A preacher must battle Satan, mm. who is taking in the form of a giant snake and is influencing other snakes. Film debut of a preteen Christina Applegate. Oh yeah. Also stars Fritz Weaver, Gretchen Corbett, and Norman Lloyd. And by the way, Norman Lloyd—if you don't know Norman Lloyd—he's 105 and is still acting. Really? He still works out. Norman Lloyd. Norman Lloyd. Look it up. Uh, I think I know. Yeah. He—he—he's actually attached to a, a movie that's—that that is still For those an people
0: who don't remember who Norman Lloyd is, who is that, James? He not to be confused with How- Howard Lloyd. Or Harman Harold
1: Lloyd. I screwed that up. Harold Lloyd. Well, Harold Lloyd. Yeah. yeah he's Who's not. Norman Lloyd? He's he's an actor. Ash, is, get out of the fuzzy thing. He's he, You're eating plastic, Ash. That can't be good for your... I just spent
0: guy. $400 on a vet bill. And by that, that, that lady did.
1: Um, But he's in... He's in a, I mean, he's a classic movie actor. He just happens to be 105 years old. Okay.
0: What's some of the stuff that he's in? What's in Poet he,
2: Society? Yeah. Uh, Trainwreck? Trainwreck?
0: Well, yeah, we've all been in those. <laughs> now, We're doing it right now. <laughs> so, what's the next? He was in the nude bomb, uh, January twentieth. The Murmurs,
1: which was a documentary, is released, and it's a it's a it's a documentary about. There's a Criterion release of it as part of a collection of Criterion documentaries. Uh, it's a it's about the murals and graffiti in Los Angeles. No idea. No. Nope. Okay, so our next big one, January twenty second. Directed by David Schmoller of Louisville, Kentucky, who would later direct The Puppet Master, mm. Mm. Uh, The Seduction, starring Morgan Fairchild, Michael Cesarit- Sarazen, Vince Edwards, and Andrew Stevens. This film was nominated for three Razzie Awards, two for Nor- Morgan Fairchild.
0: Aw, uh, Morgan Fairchild. If only her breasts were bigger. Uh, in, 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 and her nose was less pointy. She looks like a who. Any any any, a little any defense the from face, the seduction.
1: Those, never seen it. Alright, Shoot the Moon. Shoot the thrill. Play to kill. You know that Too the many moon? women and too many and it sounds familiar. Shoot the moon has a great story. It's Albert Finney, Diane Keaton, Karen Allen, Peter Weller, and Dana Hill. I've never watched directed it. by Alan Parker, written by Bo Goldman. Do you know Bo Goldman? No, no, no God Goldman, no tell us. Bo Goldman wrote um a, a little film called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He Never one heard of, of people it. People that worked on One Flew Over the stuff. He, <laughs> he got that job. He wrote Shoot the Moon as a screenplay. Nobody wanted it. He was working as a copy editor in television. Burt Lancaster read it and be like, You should totally be a screenwriter. Why are you wasting your time being a copy editor? So he wrote Shoot the Moon. Get Oh, I'll get it made. People will love this. M- Milos Forman read it and said, Oh, this is good. But you know what you got to do? You should write One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Adapt mm-hmm. that for me. Which won him an Academy Award, which you would think that would have greenlit something. Joe, this ties back to our conversation for last week, the Star Wars episode at least, because he then went on to write The Rose, Mm -hmm. and he wrote Melvin and Howard, Mm -hmm. and Melvin and Howard won him his second Academy Award for screenwriting. And then Fox said, you know what, we'll go ahead and make Shoot the Moon. But there was one problem. Guess who at Fox said they would make Shoot the Moon? Alan Ladd Jr. Ladd. Alan Ladd, Ladd Jr. I greenlit it with a twelve million dollar budget. And guess who got fired because of Star Wars? When he came back, uh, when after they greenlit it, it got canceled. And Sherry Lansing, Harold. Uh, the the Allen Lads replacement uh-huh. refused a twelve million dollar expense. MGM picked it up though. They were like, "Oh no no! If if Fox is going to dump it, we'll take it." Mm-hmm. But guess what? There was a second issue. Diane Keaton's in the film, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Diane Keaton and Warren Beatty had a little clause in their contracts that said they couldn't compete against a film like oh, let's say Reds. Uh huh. They were going to release Shoot the Moon during Prime award season, but it was within a year of Reds being released, and by their contract, they could not. So MGM went, screw it, and dumped it in January. Uh, it went on to win, uh, get nominations for Finney and Keaton for Golden
0: Globes, but because It's a, of, it's a slightly forgotten film. It premiered I in I've January. seen it. Yeah. Um, and also,
2: the one, uh, Bo Goldman, back on him, uh, he also wrote another dog turd called Sin of a Woman. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, really?
1: <laughs> the film was really reviewed pretty well. Uh, Ebert said, despite its flaws, it, it, it's all about a family coming apart. Um, Vincent Canby compared it to the best parts of Kramer versus Kramer, Ordinary People, things mm, like that.
0: Kramer versus Kramer. Um, Can we do a divorce it. episode movie?
1: Movie episode? <sighs> Give me a couple more years, I'll be able to participate.
0: Oh! Uh, anyway...
1: Um, It'll
2: this joke in a corner crying, mommy, daddy, yeah, you need this, me.
0: This, Kramer versus Kramer good. This this came <laughs> out it's against, A little overplayed. I've later. honestly, oh. never, I've never seen it. Well, no context. You're like a child. <laughs> I wasn't judging Kramer. Okay. I was, dreaming. So I was judging you. The in which case, you still have no context. Shoot them in this family
1: of... drama thing premiered against another film. What? Directed by Sean S. Cunningham from a screenplay <laughs> by Victor Miller uh. and Earl MacRosh. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Errol Mike Rush, by the way, known also for Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai in New York, New York. Based on a Mary Higgins Clark mystery novel, it starred Kate Mulgrew, Rip Torn, and James Naughton, who went on to be a Broadway director. Cunningham's first post Friday the 13th film, uh, A Stranger, is
0: indeed watching. A stranger. and no one remembers it no one no. talks about it I, actually there was a review later people talk about Deep Star 6 more than that or maybe I talk about Deep Star 6 more than that because I, well, I like scenes in um, Deep Star 6 which it's is got a about, cool poster which, yeah it does and it's also directed by Sean Cunningham
1: there was a review relatively recently There was, I guess a retrospective of Sean Cunningham and said that it, uh, A Stranger is Watching is better than it gets credit for but the diehard that the time expected. Oh my God! It's by the guy that did Friday the Thirteenth. It'll mm-hmm. be splatter. It'll be, and it's much more about family. I'm, I've seeking. never seen it. Uh, mm-hmm. And the other film that came out this one, a little bit of a uh, cult then, classic. Uh, wh- I guess this is the week of January what? Uh, this is twenty second. Okay. Vice Squad. Now then Vice Squad. There's a I ton know. of films that We're have seen, it. it was, yeah. starts
0: starts see former Mrs. Kurt Russell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, season Hubley. Season Hubley. Hubleys. Hubley. Yeah. Um, by the I way, follow last her one. On social sci- uh, social <laughs> science. Social <laughs> science. She's geography's good she, She's a good actress. She's a good actress, but she she's also on Escape from New York. She is a huge animal rights activist. Now. Who is she in Escape from New York? She's the girl in the chop full of nuts. Ah. Oh, okay.
3: That's his wife. Um.
1: At the time, but. but by the way, Vice Squad is one of the most overused titles. I think there were
0: seven films called Vice Squad before Vi's
2: was, Squad. Uh, was wasn't there a Vice Squad movie about five years ago? Yep. There
0: might have been. I don't, that's the one uh, I remember. And that's really, if you ever get a chance, even for 82, it's really gritty. Mm-hmm. And it's still gritty. Wings does two has- songs for the soundtrack as well. So I know you're I didn't know he did so. the soundtrack. He plays... An, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. Check out, you know, out Vice Squad. Um, Very much of its time, but it's a gritty
1: film. So, also, and I read this one. I'm like, now I want to see this. Like I said some of these that they failed horribly at the box office. And I have the box office numbers if you want to know what No, no, no. Made. We probably need to. Uh, but, so we get, jump to January 29th. Listen yeah. to this cast, and let me know if you you may know this film, Joe. Um, Harvey Cattell. Yeah. Jack Nicholson.
0: Yeah.
1: Warren Oates. Yeah. Valerie Perrin. Yeah. And Elpita Carrillo. Um,. Twenty-two million dollar budget, only made back six million. It was directed by Tony Richardson, written by Derek Washburn, who was a co-author of *The Deer Hunter*, Waylon Green, who was the screenwriter of *The Wild Bunch*, and David Freeman, who did Broadway. What plays. is it? The Border. I've never seen nope. it. The Border. This so is... far, January nineteen eighty-two sucks. See what I'm saying? Everything memorable. YouTube.
0: *Vice Squad* to me is the most memorable. Uh, the movie Border
1: um, is about. Basically, a this family living in California, husband and wife, she convinces him to move to Texas to work on the Texas border doing immigration patrol. And I literally was sitting there going, "How is this not being aired ten minutes every ten minutes somewhere in America?" Yeah. Given all the debate, but basically, uh, the uh, the family, the husband gets led into doing um, human smuggling to get people across the border, but then he finds out they're taking some people unwittingly, they're taking children. And the big critique of it was, uh, again, Vincent Canby, who most people remember Cisco and Ebert, Vincent Canby, though, was kind of their third elite reviewer of the time, said so the problem with it was was that it was a situation that they created characters for. That the, the characters didn't feel organic, they just responded to uh-huh. and they, he said it was a screenplay issue. But it's twenty two million dollars with Harvey Cattell, Jack Nicholson and Warren. I've Oates. never seen it. Yep, never. Um What's next? Venom. I've seen that. A British horror film that was released in England in 1981. Well, I saw it years
0: ago. I can tell you very little about that other than the snake part. I
1: will, I'll give you some stories yeah. for it Because this, this is one I want to talk about. Delayed in America until 1982 when Paramount is actually picked up to distribute it in America. Directed by Pierce Haggard. Originally going to be directed by... No idea. Toby Hooper. Oh, really? Toby Hooper. Actually, there's footage that exists. And I'll, I'll get to that. Starring Klaus Kinski,
3: mm-hmm. our,
1: our old friend... Uh, Sterling Hayden, Sarah Miller, and Oliver Reed. Here's the two stories I wanted to tell. Um,
2: That's a pretty impressive cast, though.
1: Vincent Canby said it may have been the silliest film of 1982. Haggard later recalled working on the film and having to replace Toby Hooper. And here's a quote from an interview that he did uh, in Citing My Source MJ Simpson, Cult Films and the People Who Make Them. Uh, I took over at very short notice. Toby Hooper had been directing it, and they had stopped for whatever reason. It hadn't been working. I did see some of his stuff, and it didn't look particularly good. Plus, he also had some sort of nervous breakdown or something. (laughs) So, anyway, they stopped shooting and offered it to me. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I had commitments. I had some commercials to shoot. But, anyway, I took it over with barely 10 days of preparation, and it shows. It doesn't become my picture. It's a bit in between. Oliver Reed was scary at first because he was always testing you all the time. Difficult, but not as difficult as Klaus Kinski. Because Oliver actually had a sense of humor, I was rather fond of him. He could be tricky, but he was quite warm, really. He just played games and was rather macho, and so on. Klaus Kinski was very cold. The main problem with the film is that the two uh, the 2 didn't get on, and they fought like cats. Kinski, of course, is a fabulous film a- actor, and he's good in the part, the part suits him very well. They were, they were both well cast, but it was a very unhappy film. I think Klaus was a problem, but then Oliver spent half the movie just trying to uh, get uh, rub him up, pulling his leg all the way. There were shouting matches because Oliver just wouldn't let up. None of this was about art. All the things that you're trying to concentrate on tend to slip. It was just a very unhappy <laughs> film.
0: We should get Is he alive?
1: He, I, he was as of a couple let's years ago. So find
0: him and um, get him on the show
1: post-haste. Yeah. Klaus Kinski, you want to know what film he turned down to do, Venom? No, which one? Raiders of, of the, the Lost. Lost Ark. Or is and he going to be... Klaus the... Kinski and Kinski Uncut. Here's his exact quote. The movie Klaus Kinski did instead of Raiders of Lost Ark because he said that the screenplay for Raiders was, and I'm quoting here, moronically shitty.
3: So he he
1: looked at the script for Venom and went,
0: ah, Venom, yes. So I'm assuming he was going to be the German person. Yes, yes, yeah, that makes sense. So um, he'd have been very good at that. So there you go. We are now. Spielberg dodged a bullet. He did. He did.
1: So January 1982. Y'all want to keep saying that January 1982 as a a whole? All January 1982
0: sucks. Let's move on. February.
1: February 5th. We get a new one. I actually I'd never heard of this film and I want to see it. Maybe you all have seen it. The Night Crossing. It's a Disney film. Never heard of it. It's a it's a true based on a true story directed by Delbert Mann, who did The Touch of Mink, The Outsider, or a bunch mm-hmm. of other films, starring John Hurt, Jane Alexander, and Bo Bridges. Never heard of it. The film is based on the true story of the Stressic and Wetzel families who on September sixteenth, nineteen seventy nine, attempted to escape from East Germany to West Germany. Oh, so I, have yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen it. Yes, yeah, yeah I, I have really, seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. And on I TV. know the story too. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, while filming this, Disney Execs thought John Hurt might be a good voice actor and asked him to do the voice of the Horn King for oh, Black Holder. Cool. So
0: the Night Crossing got us John Hurt as I King. have seen it. I saw it on television as a child.
1: Uh, that premiered, the only other film that premiered against that uh, was Personal Best. Mm-hmm. I thought you might find this interesting. Produced, written, and directed by Robert Town. It was a passion project of his. Mm-hmm. And it tells the story of the... Chinatown's um,
3: Robert Town, I'm assuming. I just uh, for our listeners. He
1: did. With Chinatown, Greystoke. Uh-huh. By the way, Greystoke he wrote, but it's not. if you look it up, it's not credited to him. It's credited to P.H. Zetzel or something. Mm-hmm. That was his cat. <laughs> he didn't like the way it turned out, so he gave it to his cat. And Greystoke was nominated for an Academy Award. That is the only cat that's ever been nominated for an Academy Award. Look it up. I'm
0: not making any up. Ah, anymore. That's a good story. Um, I did not know that story. Good, good one, no, James. Uh, that's a good he one. He also
1: did... Scre- uh, Coppola thought, uh, thanked him awesome. when he did one for The Godfather because mm. Robert Town did uncredited rewrites right. on The Godfather. Anyway, uh, it stars Mur- 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 yeah, Muriel Hemingway and Scott Glenn. But it's a story about the training, and the reason it's called Personal Best is it's a team that trained for the Olympics that the U.S. pulled out of because of politics. Mm -hmm. And so at the end, their records didn't matter. It was just their Personal Best. Mm -hmm. It failed horribly at the box office. And actually, he was going to originally be the director of Greystoke, but when Personal Best film failed, they wouldn't let him direct again. So he sold it, and that's why he credited it to his cat. Mm -hmm. February 10th. Only one film premieres. And okay, I'll give you a credit. February has, uh, has a little bit more. But we're in February in. now.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay, so D- January, dumpster fire.
0: Yeah. February. So far, now early I really February. Want to re- I, really, I think I've seen Venom as a child. I want to see it again. Stop biting ash.
1: February starts as a dumpster fire. You've I already mean, got you know, over illness. You don't want to
0: catch it. something else. February
1: 10th, though, gets, I give him a little bit of bright light. Though it doesn't come from Hollywood. It comes from Germany. Das Boot. Das Boot. The Boat. Yes. Or as they
0: call it in Germany, the boot. And,
1: and Das Boot.
0: if you've never I seen thought it das was two boot, boots.
1: Um, if you're a big fan of House of the Dead, that's where those jokes come from. Yes. Of uh, what's his name? I'm like on Don't forget name. don't also don't
0: don't forget about <laughs> beer league, son. Well, he's actually pretty good in beer league. He's funny in it's beer das league. Das boot. Das boot. Uh he oh, um, Shit! It's almost said mocking. It's not mocking. i It's just a mocking. Actress. actress. Oh, Ma- damn! It. <laughs> <laughs> what is that guy's name? That's also in.
1: He, he plays Captain Kirk in House of the Dead. And there's even a bad joke about Captain Kirk, really. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, we'll move ahead. Um, February twelfth. Twelfth. So this you you're heading toward a romantic Valentine's Day uh-huh. weekend. What are you gonna see? Well, um, this, Venom. This Is this film... still playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Klaus Kinski, what could possibly go wrong? Go wrong? <laughs> um, actually, this film saw eight movies released. This film um, saw eight movies uh, this released. This weekend, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, eight movies the, released in one weekend. The Amateur, which was a Canadian film that was released in 81 up there, but not till 82 here, mm-hmm. directed by Charles Jarrett, uh, starring John Savage, Christopher Plummer, and Arthur Hill. It's a, a a someone's fiance is murdered by terrorists. So a CIA cryptographer blackmails his superiors into sending him into a field assignment to find out who did it. All right, keep going. Don't know, never saw. It. The Beast Within, directed by That's Felipe a, Mora. And that one I am familiar with. Uh, would later do Howling Two and Three. Mm-hmm. Screenplay by Tom Holland. Yep. Based on the then unfinished book by Edward Levy. If you find the book now, they're not overly close. Um, starring Ronnie Cox and Bibi Besch.
0: Beach. I know Ronnie Cox <coughs> you would know Ronnie Cox from Robocop and deliverance uh, deliverance. uh the uh, so I mean
1: you want to say anything about that film there's not really I haven't seen it, it. I I, I'm, um,
0: I probably saw it as a child but have no memory of it basically
1: it's for like there there's a humanoid beast thing that yeah. rapes somebody and then 17 years later the child starts to show the same thing and it's effectively it's this evil Being that passes on genetically, and at the end of the film, he's killed, but he has already raped somebody and implies that it will repeat. Right. Um,
0: Hashtag me too, beasts. (laughs) Cannery Row came
1: out this weekend. Have you seen Cannery Row? Nope. Uh, Based on a John Steinbeck novel, adapted by David S. Ward and William Graham. Directed by David oh, S. Ward. Did
0: David S. What did David S. Ward He wrote
1: been? the screenplay for a film called The Sting, and he directed Major League and Major yeah, League 2, 2 and a bunch of yeah, other stuff. Yeah, that's where I know him. Starring Nick Nolte. Don't bite, son. Deborah Winger and John Huston. Huh.
0: Uh, it is based on, uh, again. Now, I don't know that we're going to be able to give the description of every no, single no. one of these movies. I
1: want to talk about this one, though, because it's based on Steinbeck. But you don't want to talk A- about all of And them. you would think, no, I, I, some of them I'm not going to Are hoping, there some grapes in that one? I, I would hope you Maybe would. Maybe some about anger? Well, 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 shit, you haven't said anything I can remember. What do I keep it want to, but y'all kept saying '82 is a great year, and then said James, let's do it week by week like we
0: did last well, time. Well, I'm, I'm enjoying well.
1: it, go. Um, Cannery Row, though, was it's a lesser known Steinbeck work and all that stuff, but basically it looks at people. Uh, the the uh, fishing is drying up, yeah. and canner the canneries are closing, and everything's bleak <coughs> and horrible, all that stuff. Um, the problem was actually the best quote about it. I will say is. Um, MGM head of production David Begelman later said he should not have greenlit the film, saying it was beyond the reach of the filmmaker to realize the wonderful, wonderful values he had in his brilliant script. Basically saying David S. Ward wrote a script that he was not capable of making as a director. Hmm. And that's all I wanted to say about it. So I want to go back and watch it now. uh, But the other one that actually more people know now and I can't imagine watching this as a Valentine's film, but yeah. there you go. Is La Guerre de if you I don't speak French. How about I just call or it either. Quest for oh, Fire? Fire. <laughs> Directed by <laughs> Jean-Jacques Anade. Mm-hmm. Starring Ron Perlman and Ray Don And other people, but screw him. It's right, Ron right, Perlman. Right, and Ray right, right. Yeah. Uh, you want to say anything about Quest for Fire? <sighs> They quest for fire, Chad. <coughs> I
0: haven't seen this as a kid. I haven't either. I, like, oh, uh, yeah, it's
1: funny that I'm listening to Ron
0: Burman's They
2: came up Benoit. with their
1: own... They came up with the
2: language. It's not... Yes. Yeah. It's caveman language. But you're <coughs> right. They had
1: linguists develop it, doesn't <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it would be... It... It was not a hit, right? No. It was a bomb. Uh Compared to everything so far <coughs> this year, it, it was s- the biggest movie of the year to this point. Yeah, but I mean, um,
2: audiences in 1982, they want to go see a movie where... I don't even, they didn't even have subtitles, so, so right? Me, in let, Quest for Fire? I haven't seen
0: it since I was a child.
1: It made $20 million, <coughs> and everything else that came out that weekend made, uh, the closest was a movie I'll get to in a second, but it was the big hit of that weekend. Matter of fact, to this point in the year, it was the biggest grossing movie. So, yeah, To next? my knowledge,
2: there was no subtitles. It
1: was just them gr- talking a cable I language.
0: I, that, so I'm ashamed that most of these two <coughs> films I've either haven't seen or haven't seen since I was a
1: Love was and Money, directed by James Toback, starring Ray Sharkey. Anybody? Nope. Anybody? I'm not even going to go into it then. Making Love, directed by Arthur Hiller, starring Kate Jackson, Harry Hamlin, and Michael Aunt Keen? Am I saying that right? I know Uh, who Arthur Hiller is. This was actually supposed to be a big movie, and they were going to launch it in the summer, but not quite the Alan Ladd Jr. story. Yeah. But you see. See, uh, his friends call him Laddie. uh, There was another issue. Which is true. It was supposed to. So they completed. uh, It was, again, supposed to be released. But unfortunately, a Denver Marvin Davis, who was a Denver oil tycoon had purchased 20th Century Fox in 1981. Uh And Making Love is a story about a guy that's in a marriage, but he also starts to realize he's interested in men. And it's played very much as kind of a romantic comedy type thing. And it's actually based on the author, and I'm forgetting who the screenplay was written by, but he said he had uh, three friends who, unrelated, just came out to him going, yeah, I'm married, but I've, I've slept with a guy. And he said, I thought, well, well, that'll be a great screenplay. However, when this uh, very conservative uh, oil tycoon, Marvin Davis, bought it out, at the first private screening of it, he threw down his cowboy hat and said, Come on, fly on it. Actually, he said, you made, I'll edit this somewhat, you made a G.D. slur against homosexuals movie, and he stormed out. And so, iron pistols in the sky going
3: pretty close. Hmm.
1: Uh, it would open during the dump months of 1982, but 20th Century Fox actually thought it had a good i mean, they they still defended it as needing to be made. Now, where's Petsy, my prize heaven?
2: That
0: one, right on
2: They, they, they the movie <laughs> cost Petsy, I don't know what they the first thing made, came The movie own.
1: cost seven million dollars to make. Fox doubled down and put five million. Directly into advertising. Creating three advertising campaigns. One to appeal to the gay audience mm-hmm. that was sympathetic toward the challenges of coming out. One to the women's film, which was Hollywood marketing for mm-hmm. as a soap opera in the theater. And then one for the cinematic milestone of... Mm-hmm. This is a movie about gay romance. Yes. Uh, it, it premiered actually very well in its opening weekend against Quest for Fire mm-hmm. with $3 million, which was mm-hmm. better than they thought. The problem was they, they then saw it expand to double the amount of theaters because it had such a great opening weekend, and then it bombed completely. And they realized very quickly they had been successful. It's just that there were only $3 million worth of people that wanted to see it. Yeah. Guys. There you go. Uh, this is one I actually want to see as well, and y'all may have seen this. Missing, directed by Costa Gravis, starring Sissy, Spa- Sissy Spacek Space Space and Jack Lemon. Never
0: seen
3: it.
1: Concerns the real-life disappearance of hot American journalist Charlie, or Charles Horman, who disappeared in the bloody aftermath of the U.S.-backed Chilean coup of 1973. It's a big deal when it came out because it actually attacked the American government for their involvement in that. Uh-huh. Uh, of 1973, I said 83, that would have been time travel. It's, oddly enough, it's got very positive reviews in retrospect now, uh, and it's available as a Criterion film. So if you've never seen Missing, there you go. All right. Uh, And the last one. Damn,
0: James. I
1: told you the eight movies this weekend. One from the Heart,
0: directed by Francis Francis Ford Ford Coppola. Coppola. Huge bomb.
1: Starring Frederick Forrest, Terry Garr, Raul Julian, Natasha Kinski, Harry Dean Stanton,
0: and Rebecca De Mornay. Frederick Forrest is the lead male in that movie, right? Yep. And God bless him. It's a beautiful film. I would say it's completely watchable, but who ever thought Frederick Forrest could be a leading man to pull people into a theater? you know who did the soundtrack? Out of the crazy. Yeah, but I don't remember. Tom Waits and Crystal Gale. Ooh. I know. That's cool. I want to see the film now. No, you guys never seen it? Nope. It's beautiful. It's shot on a sound stage and it's all very operatic. Like it's a play kind of thing. And it's, it's a, I I have seen, I'd never seen it. The reason it's so fresh in my mind, I'd never seen it till about, I say this a lot, but it's true, about a few years ago, two or three years ago, I caught it on TCM, watched it by myself. Took me a couple of nights. But it's basically
1: about a couple falling out of falling, love. Falling
0: out of love. Terry Gar plays Terry Gar is, and, and is his, his girlfriend end up with, a with their dream. One.
1: Yeah, uh, he ends up with a showgirl effectively.
0: Yeah. He uh, and she ends up with. Uh, I don't remember who she ends up with, but it's it's not. Uh, it is not. Uh, <laughs> it's not a feel good movie. But no, it's very but it pretty. does end. I haven't seen yeah. it in a long time. I don't remember. Well, um, Orlando's talking in two or three years, but you should I check it, in it out. think at
1: the end, she, she is getting ready to. You can see Terry Gardtopliss in it if that makes you feel uh, any better. But if I remember anything from Young Frankenstein, she has. Fabulous. Never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> roll, 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 Andy. Why has there not been a convention to get her yet? She's in Star Trek. She's in. Oh, uh, you see,
0: Ali Sheedy just got added to Comic Con. I'm I know. excited.
1: I, I retweeted that. Bonehead retweeted that. I should yeah. say with the input. <laughs> um, February 19th. Remind me later of the story I didn't tell you about Ali Sheedy. February 19th, uh, Death Wish 2 was a big draw at the box office. Yeah, oh. Imagine. Uh, opened against Swamp Thing. Oh, please
2: tell
0: me Swamp Thing won.
1: No. Damn. And Three Brothers, which was an international film. Anybody got anything about
2: that? No,
0: I mean, I think people have seen Death Wish. Our, our audience has either seen Death Wish 2 or Swamp, Swamp Thing. Swamp
2: Thing has one of the best movie posters ever. Not uh, really a good movie. It's not a good movie. It,
0: is it because it suffers from such a lack of budget, or is it Wes Craven?
2: Now, it has to have been the budget, because even Swamp Thing's costume is sad looking in that movie. You could tell it's a bodysuit. Uh, but no, I mean, there's no, there's
0: hardly a plot. So, could it? All, did Wes write it as well? I don't think he wrote it. Okay, but it's one of the first time a purely
1: Bernie Rotsen character got on screen. So. Yeah. yeah, Bernie Rotsen. Next, um, February twenty eighth, an action film premiered, unlike any other. The film Sleeping Dogs. It would go on to have a theatrical draw of twelve thousand six hundred and twenty five dollars. <laughs> Never heard of it. Neither have I. I haven't either. Probably because they made twelve thousand six hundred and twenty five. That's it. That was all about February No we're done with February
0: We are ju- We all too busy watching Swamp Thing, Chad. Yeah. We jump forward a little better. We jump forward. Even to though March let's face it,
2: Swamp Thing return the Return of Swamp Thing is
0: is a superior film?
2: Yeah. Oh, by the way, Wes Craven did write the movie. Yeah. I no. did. Along with Lynn Wein and Bernie Wrightson. Yeah. They they, that's comic book credit. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't um, think he
1: wrote it. March 5th, we get <coughs> three films. So we're into March now. Anybody want to defend February and say I was wrong? Death Wish 2. Swamp Thing.
2: Didn't you just say there's no plot? No, but there's a there's a scene. There's
0: Adrian Barbeau's breasts. <laughs> so basically, we got Terry Garr one weekend and Adrian Barbeau the next. Yeah, yeah. Why didn't somebody make a film where they mm, razzled Barbo Buts. Barbo bots So okay, so we're uh, in March now. March. March. I like Terry Gard, Adrian Barbo. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, dude, I, I'd like to hang out with Terry Gard, but I don't know to Adrian Garb. Barbeau. I appreciate someone uh, that can make me laugh. Um I do too. Until I was just looking into her uh, cleavage. What? Uh, <laughs> March.
3: March. March.
1: Evil under the sun. Never heard of it. You haven't really... Uh, directed by Guy Hamilton, based on Agatha Christie. Second time that Peter Ustinov played Hercule Poirot. I've never seen Uh it. Roddy McDowell, Diana Rigg, and Maggie Smith. Follow up to Poirot, uh, Ustinov playing Poirot for Death on the Nile. On mm-hmm. um, the The funny part about that is, it. this one wasn't a hit, which is probably why most people haven't heard of it. Though, mm-hmm. though it was pretty well liked at the time. Not at the box office, but pretty possible to be reviewed. Uh, The other film that opened against it, I'm Dancing As Fast As I Can. No, you're not. You're sitting still. The biography based on the memoir of Barbara Gordon. This is my (laughs) sarcastic comment I had to write down. Commissioner Gordon's daughter? Stars uh, Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. It is Barbara
2: Gordon. Joe got a comic book reference. Uh It is Barbara Gordon though, right?
1: Somebody throw him a treat. Jill Clayborough
0: was a star. (laughs) I read a
1: book. None of them were comics, but Jill Jill Clayborough was a star. But it did have Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. He really likes Batman and Robin.
0: Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern were that movie together. I thought it's a prequel to Home Alone in my book. Oh my god, that is the prequel to Home Alone. I had no clue. I didn't know Daniel Stern did anything until Barbara Gordon. I thought his first big role was Chud. Barbara
1: Gordon evidently was a dancer who was addicted to Valium, and that's her her memoir made into a film. So it's you.
0: Um, he did dance
1: <laughs>
2: he did too
0: I've seen him do a hell of a lot of volume and blow <laughs> and if volume is cocaine then yes uh, they value him up
1: <laughs> there was also a documentary that came out that weekend called Weavers wasn't that a time please
2: tell me we're going to get to some good movies in March March 12th Richard Pryor live
0: on that the Sunset Strip Yeah, that, okay. that, 35 that was a big hit Yeah, a big hit
1: Jump forward to uh, March 19th. Okay, now we're getting some stuff maybe you people oh, thank can defend. God. Death Trap.
0: That's not a good movie, Sydney though. Sidney Lumet, right.
1: Michael Caine, and Christopher Reeves. Yeah. Porky's. There we go. Porky's, Porky's was a
0: huge hit. Uh,
1: Porky's, uh, by the way, I didn't know it opened up against Death Trap and Victor Victoria. Oh, really? Bro, yeah. And Porky's beat them to death. So. Porky's, by the way, directed by Bob Clark. Bob Clark. Kim control I'll, Oh, and that's the other thing. I, you got to feel. Uh, Alex Karras. Yes. Is in Porky's and Victor Victoria. Oh, is he? Really? really? I had not seen he, Victor That should have been the best weekend of his life. Did
0: Victor Victoria come out and lay an egg? I don't remember. Directed by Blake mm-hmm. It made $22 million. So total. not a total bust. Not not, total not, yeah. I mean, it's probably that it. even. Yeah. Uh, it stars
1: Julie Andrews. And James Garner yeah. and Alex Karras. Blake
0: Edwards directed it. But yeah, Porky's came in and. So Bob Clark. Can I give a little bit of history really quick for, for some it. people? Bob Clark went on to direct A Christmas Story the next year. Okay. And Alex
2: Karras went on to do uh, Webster the next year.
0: Was it really the next yeah, year? Yeah, it was next year. So, as big a hit as Porky's is, and pork, people still remember Porky's, obviously Bob Clark will go down in history, giving what I consider the quintessential Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah. To me. I mean, some people think it's A Wonderful Life, some people think it's a Christmas Vacation. I just don't know that you get anything or you know than A Christmas,
2: Christmas. Carol. But. I have to say Christmas But there's Carol. so many versions. I know, you know I know. Which I'm one? Just,
0: I, no, I, I get what you're saying. You that know, is but, the quintessential but, but Christmas really, story. But no, Christmas, for movie? Christmas
2: story is the quintessential. To me, but to me. Know, I, but,
1: to, and I have a... I, to America. I don't know if that's true, because sure. my father has a dire
0: hatred of that film. So is my mom. Dire hatred. My mom does too. Like literally, like, do not. Well, turn that's because on.
2: that was when they were they were kids during that era. If I'm not mistaken, right? No, they were born. It was the yeah.
0: 50s, right? Mm, it's I'd... late 40s, early 50s. Yeah, my dad like would have been 40s, yeah. Actually, dad... I think. It's right after World War II. Yeah, so my dad
1: would
0: have been. Oh, I mean, anyway, born, but... Bob Clark. Uh, what people don't remember is uh, it wasn't very well reviewed. It was a huge hit. God bless him. <laughs> And the next year, he got to do A Christmas Story, which actually didn't come out. And was uh, it wasn't a huge hit when it came out? It became a hit, you know, over time. Yeah, but Christmas movies. Bob Clark was famous and had won an Academy Award for directing that one Sherlock film. The uh, not the Academy, the Canadian Academy yeah. Award for the Sherlock film. I can't remember the name of it. And he made several horror films. I uh, just to give you a, a little history. Yeah, Bob Clark did Porky's and a Christmas Story back to back. Don't mix them up. Don't no, no, don't
1: peanut butter cup that. Don't get your chocolate and your peanut butter, Bob. Uh, um glory holes. March twenty sixth, speaking of, of porkies, this was a sex comedy that
0: nobody remembers. I love it. how we and
1: skipped it. Victor Victoria. What did you want I to don't say? Really have no, I don't have anything to add about it in my- I didn't. I didn't mean to, but I, I thought Honestly, if you seen All Victor I can Victoria remember said,
0: from Victor Victoria is the is the sequence where they're in the restaurant with the guy who's the Music Man. with I can't remember the actor's name. I'm terrible. He played the Music Man, the Music Man movie, where they're putting the thing, and so he doesn't have to pay because neither one of them have money. Keep going.
1: Um, the big uh, so March twenty sixth. The big hit this weekend is the Beach Girls, directed by Pat Townsend, starring Gianna Thomasina. Never seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a playboy, playmate. I
0: will movie. look her up later.
1: Um, the <laughs> other things that opened this weekend that failed, and by the way, Beach Girl was a hit at 20 million, but it was a low-budget yeah. teen sex comedy, so you didn't need much. But, but it's hard to, for me to believe you had Porky's, and then, oh,
0: we'll go see this Beach Girl movie. I saw Porky's at the drive-in. I can barely remember. I remember the shower scene that my family took me, and I, my mom said I slept through most of it. She was never so happy. Uh, but I remember I was awake for the shower scene
1: Diva which was a French film that was released in American 82 and then Neil Simons ought to be in the picture directed by Herbert Ross starring Walter Matthau and Anne Margaret bombed making less than seven
0: minutes Herbert Ross would go on to direct Police Academy maybe the same Mm, I I don't know I may have uh, that wrong now I know I'm so sorry
1: in April, you all will start to turn this around and talk about how great the year is because of the first film I want to mention for what? April. But do you all want to verify Herbert
0: Ross before I go on? No, keep going. He directed safe. Turning Point. Turn oh, that's who, Herbert Ross. And Footloose. Yeah, no, turn wrong director. Around. That's the one he was Bright talking about, the one director still magnolia. Every mm. now and Not. then I fall apart. Ah, you were saying? Uh, April oh, he also sacred.
2: directed My Blue Heaven.
0: April 2nd. I do
1: too. (laughs) I'm going to start going through these and letting y'all chime in. So if we lose some of them, we lose some of them. April 2nd. Sees the premiere of the black comedy Basket
0: Case.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. I watched that a few months ago.
0: I haven't seen it in a long time, Chad. I remember the sequel better.
2: Yeah. Ooh, man. That
1: that first one. Ooh, it is poorly acted.
0: Basket Case did not do
3: very
1: well. But it was cheap. Oh, it, no, it made money. It just didn't do very well. Frank. Because it was overshadowed by the drama, also starring Natasha Kinsky, Cat People. People. <laughs> Remade by the from the Val Luton film, mm-hmm. also called Cat, Cat People. People. Which is still a better film than Cat. Cat. Sp- <laughs> we haven't seen it, we can't uh, judge my, my daughter saw it and she loved it and she goes, Daddy, so it's honestly like cats just start singing for some
0: reason and I'm like, that's your honest review yeah, what else do you need to know and I, I'm like, all I, right. I I always say I can't judge, but that, that is one awful trailer. Diner came out this weekend okay, oh, that's can, Barry Levinson can I talk a little bit about yeah, Cat Diner, People Yeah, yeah no, real ahead. quick, Val Luton produced all those movies, he'd never directed shit uh-huh. But he always gets credit for all of those. The French got uh, Fr- uh, Trudeau. Val, Val,
1: and Val Fr- Luton always wanted to be more than he was. There's a great documentary about him that Turner Classic Movies. Yeah, do. watch it. It is good. I it is know.
0: very good. I've seen it. But just to give you a little, I'm not taking anything away from Val Luton. I'm just saying uh, Truno directed uh, like the. Uh, it doesn't. I can't remember his name. Shit. He directed the great episode of the Twilight Zone too, with the one with. Uh, were the de- with the old ladies in the bed and the phone call? Mm-hmm. What is that guy's name? Damn it! Anyway, he directed several of those films. Val French, It would be Demiè. <laughs> just not to take anything away, Val Luton's dead and buried. And I know nobody gives two shits. Who's probably listening right now? but it just you shouldn't care about Val. Luton. Sometimes he's it aggravates the piss out of me that he gets. He produced those movies. I'm sure he had a lot of influence, but he's not the director.
1: But. Uh, he was kind of a pre corman corman I know. Yeah, corman he was. That, he so. was. He was.
0: He was. But
1: yeah. a lot of people give Roger Corbin. I'll a Roger Corman film. Uh, Roger mm-hmm. Corman produced. Produced. So. Yeah, he put some money. But diner. Uh, diner, which Barry is Levinson. an amazing film. Um, well, it was the second big, no, third biggest film that came out this weekend, because you also had a little sex, which was a romantic comedy that didn't do too well, made two million at the box office. Penitentiary Two, which mm-hmm. I don't know anything about. Do y'all know part one? No, I've never I seen them, but I've heard I've of them. I've seen it. Penitentiary understand. 2, at the it's total at the box office for its entire run was $662,000. <laughs> so I guess we didn't get penitenti- Penitentiary 3. No, how much is that?
2: Inf- counting inflation. Oh, so that is
0: Swiss. No, the in minute.
2: Inflation. <laughs> How, how, how many, many how many
1: marks would that be? <laughs> what would it be in Romania? <laughs> how many Kukerands? I
0: wouldn't Silent, know that if it was for *Lethal Weapon* too. <laughs> *Silent
1: Rage*. How many ducats would it be? *Silent Rage*. That's Chuck Norris's song. Yep. Ten million dollars. There you go. The but the second biggest after *Cat People*. *Cat People* was the biggest that weekend. Was some kind of hero? I, a comedy? The I don't
0: even know what that is. Yes, I do. And I'm sure I'll feel stupid once y'all tell me, but I'm not really going to care. Um, so, Cat People was directed by... It's Mar- Richard Pryor and Margo Kidder. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, or I've seen it and haven't seen it in a long time.
2: Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it as well. Ronnie well, Cox is in there no as well. business
0: and no chance of getting back pay. Um, so, anyway, I was going to say something about Cat People. Cat People was a huge film, a uh, big budget film. Had that great David Bowie soundtrack. I also saw that in the drive-in. <laughs> so what the fuck was going on in 1982 and those three weekends? Well, that, yeah, uh, so
1: 89, your parents got I can is I can reversed? only
0: remember, those are my first memories are those two movies at the hide-and-drive-in, which is the small town where I grew up, which doesn't exist anymore, it hasn't existed since the mid-80s, I'm sure. And we went and I was laid in the back seat and I woke up also, for the bathroom scene, does anybody remember where Malcolm McDowell was? ate the guy, and there's a piece of skin when he's cleaning himself up after he turns back to himself. And he picks the piece of skin up and eats it out of the sink. No, I don't remember that at all. It's embraced into my <laughs> brain because I saw it when I was four, and I remember the kid, the guy getting his arm ripped off. I think it's Ed Begley Jr. That's also in my mind. I have two memories of it. I have the actual rewatching it later as an adult, and the memory as a child. I know that sounds weird, but I have them. They're both separate in here.
1: So April 2nd all those films came out. There you go. Silent Rage, Some Kind of Hero. Let's do a
0: double feature of Cat People and Silent Rage. So We, we are now up to... I, the- I, that is a fascinating point, James. I've never bothered to look those up and realize that Porky's and... In- so why were they going to the drive-in at that time of the year? I need to call Mom up and ask what was going on in 82.
2: Yeah, <laughs> And she'll remember, you think? No.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: We're not good sleeping. with we're not good with memories in the, in the Lewis family.
1: I was sleeping with that popcorn boy.
0: <laughs> what was a drive-in? They got they serve popcorn at the yeah, drive-in. They have a little have, a thing stand. Well, have you either one of you been to a pop a, a popcorn? Been to a drive-in lately? Not lately. Not lately. I've, I've been, been to a drive-in since you the all. The one in Paris is pretty cool. They, they have how popcorn. Are you, they have popcorn. I don't understand you. What's your point? Of? I just think when you say a popcorn stand, I think of going into the theater and they're banging in the back in the closet. Oh no, he no. came around with a tray. And uh, while Your father paid for popcorn. Uh, mom was he, blowing he, it. Yeah, yeah right there.
2: Extra butter meant a whole other thing. Right there behind the, the snowcaps and the goobers.
0: <laughs> he blew his snowcaps. <laughs> she ended up with a whole box of goobers. <laughs> a whole mouthful
1: of whoopsie daisy. <laughs> April sixteenth saw the release of Wrong Is Right. Anybody? Right is wrong. Anybody? She has
2: a mouthful of Mike and ice.
0: <laughs> Better actually, Mike. And a guy named Ike. How Eisenhower got to the Eisenheim <laughs> drive-in in 1982, past <clears> death, <throat> to have <throat> Quitus with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> Don't cross the streams, Ike. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: zombie Eisenhower. <laughs> Wrong is Right, by the way, is a satire of American news reporting, covert agency, and political systems, directed by Richard Brooks, starring... Uh, you know um, what, Mike and I were, they were some good employees. <laughs> no, mom was with good Sean Connery, George Grizzard, Robert Conrad, <laughs> and Captain Ross. Anybody? No. Anybody? No. Wrong is right. It's basically trying to be networked except for news. There you go. Um, that opened a little. Was low. it network for news? A- I
0: was going to argue up, with Chad. it. Let it go.
1: Uh, April 21st saw so La Tuma de la Muertes Vivientes. <laughs> Bless you. Do you, anybody know what that means? No. Well, don't worry. In America, we just translated that. That's one of those uh, um, Jesus Franco films. Uh, no, no, uh, Jesus Franco. Je- yeah, Jesus Franco. Mm. Uh, the during World War II, a small German. It was Oasis of the Zombies, is what we call it in America. During World War II, a small German squadron was assigned the task of carrying a shipment of Nazi gold across the African desert. Along the way, the the Squadron was ambushed by the Allies. Anyways, a horror film with zombies. And- yeah, now I want to see it.
0: Was Are you a- still laughing? Buying- was anybody... <laughs> about blowing Ike Turner? Were there any Snickers? <laughs> now we get to Ike Turner.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Franco. It's one of them Jesus Franco films. She, she went Franco. down the Milky Way. Yeah. Um, <sighs> there you go. I, I'm, I'm trying to ignore Chad. <laughs> no. Um... So, April 23rd, we get three films released. If you can see what I hear, a drama, anybody? Well, if you just read it out, I could, anybody? You could tell nah, Do you even know what it is? No, one? never I'm heard on. of it. Don't I, care.
0: I'm moving on. Uh, National Lampoon's movie Madness. What? No one knows that one. I th- What's the other one that nobody remembers? Oh, there's, I, don't worry. There's it came several. out in 82 as well. There's yeah, three National that Lampoon's,
1: came out in um, And The Sword and the
0: Sorcerer. That I remember. Yeah. Yeah. April thirtieth. That's another you? one that the poster's better than the movie. Yeah, April thirtieth. We're
1: getting near the end of April already. Good lord! So far, ACDC dc Let there be rock.
0: They did. I didn't even know there was a documentary, and I'm a fan. It made
1: fifty-two thousand five hundred ninety dollars during its release. Mm.
0: Well, I would have went. I could
1: have to hide
0: and drive Obviously, it. your mom wasn't... If Bob I could have picked, picked a weekend where mom wasn't there. Were
1: you an A C A C
2: Base? Ace of Base? Ace were of Base? You, Ace yeah, I Base? saw
0: the fucking sign. <laughs> the then one. it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. sign. The horror film,
1: Next of Kid, not to be confused with the Swayze, Swayze one. Uh, Pandemonium, we, uh, Partners, and Smash Palace. Anybody wants Partners, to defend April? Partners
0: sounds familiar.
1: It was a comedy that made four million dollars. All
0: right, people. so when do the good
1: movies start coming out in nineteen eighty-two? Partners, dude. Partners. Partners. See, they're partners. partners. Uh, no, no. May we're to May. Oh, Are you my starting God. to see where I'm coming okay. from? Okay, James. John? Uh, uh, damn. May starts turning around though. May seventh, Forbidden World. The house where evil dwells and paradise is May seventh. Forbidden World. We can't talk uh, about it. Unlike our love, which is forbidden. I know you're making a joke, but what is Forbidden World? Uh, you know, that's one I didn't look up, but let me do something. No, so don't worry no, about no, it. Wrong, no, 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 wrong, no, no, no. Wrong. We'll fill we'll time. will time. Chad, quick. Charlton. <laughs> <laughs>
2: da,
0: Charlton. Da, 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 Charlton. Well. Trying to
1: come up with more of his
2: mom's
0: sex and candy. <laughs> I, I smell sex, sex. and Joe's mom <laughs> here which don't sell like In the things. distant
2: future a federation marshal arrives at a research lab on a remote planet where a genetic experiment future has gotten World? loose and begins feeding on the dwindling scientific group Is it Future World? It stars Jesse forbidden Vince, World. Don Dunlap
0: Don Dun- Childs
1: Fox Harris Ray Oliver We don't know what this movie is Move on May 14th though it turns around because there is a film where what I don't you know want spell do, forbidden what you want to do is drive out your in or kill your enemies, and hear the lamentation of their women. Oh, I
0: know the poster.
1: Conan the Barbarian is May fourteenth. Oh, okay. nothing premieres against. Well, him. no wonder it was a hit. Uh, I mean, yeah. So far, everybody has gotten
2: through four months of shit. <laughs> yeah, And they're like, 000. we need something good, but. You Chad, remember the poster you gonna, for
0: Forbidden World. Yes, yeah.
1: What are you going to premiere against? What are you going to follow on May 21st? You need something to counterbalance that Conan. You're going to premiere The Sun will come no. out tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Bet your body I didn't like Annie as a child. This directed
0: really? by John Huston. I, I loved yeah. Annie yeah. as a child. I, never I watched can imagine. it over, and over 57
2: million. I hate dollars. musicals, but I loved Annie. It was a
0: big of a hit. Yep, dead, uh, premiered against Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid, Steve which, Martin. Yes, which was also directed by Carl Reiner. Fighting
1: Back and Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. And Annie beat Mad Max 2. Uh, actually, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid only was nine man, uh, was only $9 million less than Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior. Wow. But yeah, no, I loved Annie as a kid.
2: I, I couldn't tell you why. I did Because I, I
1: don't like musicals. No, I love It's true
0: story. But I mm-hmm. like Little Shop of Horrors, too. But... Loved Little Shop of Horrors. L- hated Annie. Liked the best little whorehouse in Texas. Uh, see, I didn't... You can still sing it now. Texas has a horror house in it. I mean, Lord have mercy, And, and honestly, souls. I liked Annie because of Albert Finney. I mean, him just... No, I, I can remember tuning in the channel was not interested as he Like channel.
2: the whole... Um, one of the best scenes in in Annie is where he's reading the ad in the rate, and he just keeps reading the script, and is driving the guy, the 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 producer guy nuts. And then he just he just keeps reading, and then uh, he tries to jump in. And what's the his bodyguard's name? Coy. But, yeah, it's, hey, Coy. He, put, he puts him out. Uh, it's it's speaking I'd of put out. He also had
1: FDR. May twenty six, Gregory's girl. No. Nope. Moving on then. You yeah, guys seen the Rogue Warrior. Maybe. I mean, do we need to talk about the Rogue Warrior? Well, it's Mad Max. Anything about it? It's I better mean, than Thunderdome. Why can't we get Well, no, the Rogue beyond. Warrior
0: is the best. No, I don't know, no. dude. I really like it. When Fury are we going to get
1: beyond Thunderdome? <laughs> Keep going. Uh, May 28th, The Escape Artist drama. Mm hmm. But the big hit that weekend, of course, is Rocky Three. So, oh, man, what was it? We've had... Safari so 3000, but here's a poster even I know. Visiting Hours.
0: Yeah, I've yeah. seen Visiting Hours. Visiting. But this is crazy. That's the one with the skull in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. We're in April. so That's Michael May. Ironside's villain May. in that. May. Michael, Michael Ironside's a villain in that. It's so Canadian-produced film. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I could talk about Visiting Hours. Four
2: months of nothing, and then you have three weeks in a row of Conan Annie, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid... Mad, Mad Max, Max Two, uh, Rocky which one 3. do you Rocky think? 3. Which ones
0: of those? Though I think Conan and the Road Warrior are the two that people talk about the most. What do you think? More now, geeky people, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The um, most money was Rocky Three. Rocky, Rocky Three, 3 is though, is for me. Yeah, I guess. But no,
2: in terms of geek geekiness to this day, Conan and Mad Max. Yeah, because, but yeah, I'm, but Rocky Three's right up there. It's the all right. Other than the first one, it's the best Rocky movie for me. Whatever Rocky mm, Four, Rocky I love Balboa. montage. No Rocky Four, no montages, dude. Rocky nothing Balboa. Montage.
1: No Rocky Four, though, yeah. is the most eighties. Rocky film and
0: ever. Rocky Balboa. Yeah, yeah. You could you could just skip it and go to the next one.
1: Uh, June first, Attack Force Z.
0: Heard of it? never seen it? June fourth, Hanky There's Panky. There's nothing. Is that a weekend or did it come out early? It came out early. Attack okay. Force Z. Okay,
1: June 4th, you're going to start getting into this is the month. I'll let you start defending. Really defending. And yeah. we're, we're
2: only over an hour into the show. We're Poltergeist
1: in... premiered against Hanky Panky. You
0: know Hanky Panky. Everybody knows Hanky of Panky. Of course.
1: Poltergeist, see though, Joe. Is it a film where there's these noisy guys. I've actually
0: have never seen Hanky Panky. What I, is was, being sarcastic I know, movie. but I'm telling you I have no idea what it is. Poltergeist
1: opened against a little film called Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Those... Which one opened number one? Poltergeist. But Wrath of Khan, so Wrath of Khan, this is their total box office. Obviously, Poltergeist won overall $121 million. It's a big movie. Um, Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan was $96 million, almost 97 Uh Which would have put
0: it way, way above what it cost to make. Right? Yeah, it was, they cut two-thirds out of what they spent on the emotionless picture to make Wrath of Khan. They did it for one-third. Uh, so, we're
1: back to recording now. Yes. So,
0: Hanky Panky, just as
1: an FYI, was directed by this I don't know. This guy, some people like him. His name was Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Uh, and it starred Henry Rosenbaum and David... Oh, sorry, that was the writer. It starred these people named Gene Wilder and Gilda Radner mm-hmm. and Kathit Quinlan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, nobody remembers it because it opened up against Poltergeist and yeah. <laughs> Star Trek II. <laughs> and I'm all. a
0: Gene Wilder fan. I've never seen it. Yeah. It's, and directed by Sidney Poitier. Poitier. Now I've got to go Stur Crazy, back. too. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I've got to go I, back I and, may be wrong, but check it out. I've got to go back and catch Hanky Panky. So,
0: was Wrath of ever number one? Do you know? I don't think Wrath of was ever number because it, we should they do eighty four too. The, the interesting thing is, I don't people forget. You know what came out with Ghostbusters same weekend? Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins. I don't think was ever number one, but well, it was neither was hit.
2: you all schooled me on. Neither was Little Mermaid.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, it never was. It was a huge hit. All right. So, what's next, James? Um. So after that weekend, which was a pretty Big weekend, obviously. So, Poltergeist was a huge... Poltergeist and Star Trek two were huge but Joe, movies who, in my childhood. I loved them both. All three of us love those movies.
1: Who who allegedly directed
2: Poltergeist? I didn't Poltergeist. like Poltergeist.
0: You don't like Poltergeist? I like it now. Didn't as a kid. Hated it. Loved it as my was, as childhood. No, I
2: was bored to tears Bored
0: it. to tears? As a kid, yeah. And you're watching Annie? I don't know why I'm your friend. No, I don't know either. Can we end it? Yeah, sure. All right. Um...
1: Poltergeist was uh, I lost my place, sorry. Um, so, the next film, though, Poltergeist, Toby Hooper directed, but some people say Spielberg. who it? Spielberg. Well, guess who had a movie premiere the next weekend? Spielberg. June 11th, this stupid alien shows up. Again, not one of my favorites. Et that
2: I appreciate
0: you. it now as a grown man, but you hated did, it as a kid. I did not like it as a kid, but Joe like, e. and I have
2: not seen Et as a grown man because I despised it so much as a
0: kid. I, I need to. go I, I have a hard time watching it without crying. Now at thirty, well, I'm forty. I'll be forty two. I'm forty one. But in, in a my, year old. Yeah, I know. In my thirties, <laughs> I rewatched it. And now I have a hard time. Now, even if it's, I have a hard time not crying.
1: Huh. Um. By the way, uh, Star Trek: uh, The Rest of Con was made on a budget of 11 million dollars mm-hmm. and made 97 million. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so you've got um, ET. ET though buried one of your f- other favorite films. I didn't know if it didn't noticed. come out for another two weeks, did it? it? Didn't come. They didn't come out the same weekend. No, no, no. I'm talking about your favorite all-time
0: musical
3: and your mother's
1: Grease too. Did they come out the same e. T. weekend?
0: Uh, June wow. 11th was E.T. and Grease, Grease two. 2. And it, Grease 2 never stood a shot.
1: No. Um, so we, you, you ready to move on? Anybody want to add anything about Grease 2? Okay. June 18th. Author. Author.
0: Yeah. Without Pacino. Um, $13 million. But it got buried by a little film called Firefox. Clint Eastwood. I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't tell you the plot. I have. I know I've seen it too. Because if it's clean, it's I know it's sure him and a jet fighter, and I mm-hmm. don't know jack shit and couldn't tell you anything else about it. So you've got
1: so going back June fourth, Poltergeist, Star Trek two, buried in the American conscious. You've got *E.T.* the June eleventh. Yep. June eighteenth. Okay, a little bit of a bide there. June twenty fifth. Uh huh. *Blade Runner*. Yep. Force. *Monty Python* live at the Hollywood Bowl uh-huh. and *The Thing*.
0: I didn't realize Blade Runner and The Thing came out the same weekend. And Blade, Blade Runner, is which is
1: also generally considered not a huge hit, was $39 million. But yes, all of those bombs. Matter of fact, Monty Python Live at the Hollywood Bowl, which is really well regarded now, actually only made $328 million during its original You mean $328,000. Yeah, i am sorry, 328000
2: yeah. 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 What was be... number one the, the week that those came out? you e. know? Was it, was it still E.T. E. three still weeks e. T. later?
0: Yeah. Still E.T. 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 was the biggest movie that summer of all time. So
1: that's when if you want to say if you want to make the argument that I didn't realize Blade
0: Runner made forty some million. People,
1: that's not. not, It wasn't compared. The problem is though you're looking at wait they spent a
0: ton of money on that movie.
1: Well, that and you're looking at wait E.T. made how much? And our little sci-fi film did did yeah yeah yeah. You're doing executive thinking.
0: Oddly Um, enough, you know who produced that Blade Runner? Alan Ladd. It's come from the Ladd <laughs> Company when it comes up. It's from Alan Ladd. It was one of his. Uh, yeah, well, he became a producer. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so June.
1: If you want to defend June 1982, I'd say you have an argument. But so far, couple. Exceptions. So what? What
0: was the things box office told? Yeah, it's we not, should have 13, skipped the first four months. Thirteen million seven hundred eighty-two thousand. Yeah, it probably only cost about ten or twelve million. So it wasn't. It was a bomb, but it wasn't what you would think. All
1: right, so we get into July. So that was June. We're in six months in already. Yeah. July second, the secret of Nim. Oh Oh, man. man. Did that make money? uh, Ten million at the box office. So no, we're bigger
0: than not really. But it it was one of those movies that played quite a bit as a child. I have not seen it since childhood. Really? Yes. Does it hold up? Yes, it still
2: does. It's dark as hell. There's a great story. Oh yeah,
1: it is. It, it it's really unsettling to watch, even as an adult. because yeah. things go sideways. Like, I'm like, I don't know if my kids are ready for *Zookeeper*. <laughs> Nim, can we just watch *Poltergeist* with them? By the way, we watch
0: *Poltergeist* with my kids. Um, your wife
1: loves *Poltergeist*, though. Yeah.
2: By the way,
0: uh, you were. I've watched *Poltergeist*. You said your the wife.
2: budget for *Blade Runner* was 10 million.
0: No, uh, yeah, the thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. What was the budget for *Blade Runner*? 20, 30 million? 28 million. Yeah.
1: July ninth, so we get Secret of Nim opened unopposed. July second, <laughs> probably because they were tired
0: of losing. It still too. wasn't number one. No, et still. <laughs> uh,
1: July ninth,
2: a week like after that, that.
0: Avatar killed Tron. Yeah. Okay. Can so, we
2: say? Can we just say that Tron sucks? You, yeah. Tron, James, I know you like it. It no, is no, not a, a good deal. movie. I'm going on there's record. Is no Here's
0: the
1: deal that I will say about it Tron. has David Warner. Now, what I will say about Tron is if you watched Tron as a kid, you had appreciation of it. If you watched Tron I as a I didn't care kid, for it as a kid, I watched no, no. no, no. it you as an adult. If you something. were a gamer as a kid, you had appreciation of I had a Nintendo. If you were a gamer that actually could was good. Okay, uh, I can't argue. I thought. Can't, it's yeah. just going to keep going. About. The idea of being pulled into a computer. And I'm saying all this, and by the way, I enjoyed Tron Legacy. But I, I, I will think give Tron Legacy is a better movie. I will give uh I didn't fall asleep. I doubt I doubt he listens to this, but but I saw Tron Legacy in theater uh with a friend of mine, Casey, and his review of it was summed up like this and I, it made me think that I still can watch Tron and I can enjoy it, but I understand why my kids have a hard time watching Tron what? now. The first Tron. You know when you're a kid in the eighties and you think, Oh man, being pulled into the computer, that's cool. And being able to interface with a computer. And he goes, but Mm -hmm. when you grow up with a computer and all of a sudden in the teenage years you encounter the internet and you can actually be pulled into a computer now, Tron isn't as cool as a concept anymore. And I was like, that's probably a fair critique. And it's why Tron Legacy is completely different than Tron.
0: I enjoyed Tron Legacy. I don't know. I never need to watch it again. I didn't watch it till a year ago. But
1: no, no. Tron is of its time completely. And I'm not saying that it even. It is very
0: fondly remembered for some reason. Yeah.
1: Um, we'll see if we get another Tron film. Allegedly it's been off and now it's back on. Allegedly we'll see. I don't know if we need one. And I don't even think that like even when I show my kids Tron, they're not interested, nor do I think they should be. And I liked Tron. But it is of its time completely. It Blackbeard's Ghost deserves a remake before Tron. Knows. All right. What else? Uh, that's it. Tron opened unopposed. Made Was it $27 a... million. Dollars. So not a huge hit. No. So, no. But you know where it made its money? It pulled a Star Wars. Every arcade worth its salt had the mm-hmm. disc flowing, throwing one and the tanked one and the motorbike one. It made its money off arcade machines. Wow and people forget that part of the history. Tron's big success was in video games which, which is also why I'm which probably makes sense which is also probably why I'm really interested in because I remember going to arcades when I was little and I loved I mean I never had money to blow on So you had
2: an arcade
1: where you lived Morgan had an arcade yeah, we nutter. used to have there were the roses uh where where now Kroger is. Mm-hmm. There used to be a Roses, and there was a little walking mall. And I say literally, it literally was a the corner there. I know, yeah. Uh, and it had an arcade, an ice cream shop, and an old school soda fountain. And then you went into Big Lo- the old Big Lots, which mm-hmm. is Big Lots that's moved now. But yeah. Anyway, yep. Yeah. So there was an arcade in Moorhead. There was. it was, And then they had the one on campus, but I wasn't allowed to go there because college students do drugs.
0: When <laughs> <laughs> we're lucky. July
1: 16th, we move on. This is a film, uh, the the month that a film, or the week, I'm sorry, where a film that was released that would revolutionize cinema would change the way we thought about adoption and also influence the way we thought about racing. I refer to, of course, Six Pack. Six Pack. So, like, <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Rogers. Did it
0: open number one?
1: Uh, it actually, of this weekend, it is not the biggest hit. Um, Young Doctors in Love. What the hell is Young Doctors in Love? It's I directed don't know. by Frank, uh, by uh, uh, Marshall. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me just go through all the movies that open. Kamikaze 1989 was a thriller suspense film that opened at 22. Oh, I'm sorry, total box office intake was 22,000. Doct-
0: young Doctors in Love was directed by.
1: Uh, a Midsummer Night Sex Comedy opened this weekend. The Return opened this weekend. Six Pack, Summer Lovers,
0: and Young Doctors in Love. Is directed by uh, uh Marshall. Why can't I think he's uh, director, of Penny, uh, director of Pretty Woman? Frank Marshall. It's not Frank Marshall. Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. is directed Mark. by Gary Marshall.
2: Um, I'm not trying to read your list, but I noticed that you have a big fat zero next to the return.
1: Does that mean it made no money, or it was, it was not documented?
2: Okay. It
0: made.
1: I mean, because this is a uh, they retroactively pull these numbers. Okay. So if they can't find them, they zero it. Out. Um. Anybody have anything else? Six no. Pack. If you never seen Six Pack,
0: uh, it's Kenny Rogers. I've seen kids. it as a child, but I haven't seen it. In That's what I I saw he's, it. In he's a NASCAR, car, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. drive. They, they become car, his pit
1: crew. Yeah. yeah. Which would be illegal. Well, <laughs> not in Not in Victorian England, it wouldn't be. I refer you to Charles Dickens. Oh my God, can we make that film? Kenny Rogers is a Victorian chariot racer. Would you please go? July 23rd, Joe, I know you're excited because it's the best little whorehouse in Texas. I did. Was it a opens hit? opens against The Challenge. Uh made sixty nine million seven hundred one. dollars so this it's a big movie. Uh, open oh, opens against The Challenge, The World According to Garp, which I and zapped.
2: zapped. Oh, with Scott Baio.
0: I had never seen that till a couple of months ago. I've and tried to get Jewel Shepard on. She shows her breasts on that movie. In that movie, she's in *Return of the Living Dead*. She has said she'll do Bonehead, but she she's never done Bonehead.
3: Yeah.
0: Just to say, somehow or another over time, she posted on her social media. She's maybe in that movie for two minutes.
2: Uh huh.
0: She is now the third listed person.
2: Huh. For zapped.
0: For zapped, it's not a good movie. No, I didn't think it was. It's not a good. I mean, how, the world, according to Garp, is man. Is, is, it's got some good 30 acting in it. $30 million. John Lithgow's in it. He's yeah, good. I enjoyed it. Uh we ready go on to oh, July 28th? Oh, my God. Yeah. An officer need... and a gentleman. And a gentleman. That was a big hit.
1: $129 million. There
0: you go. Um, Which actually. You know, Chad, the... if you just let love lift you up where you belong. You where angels fly. And what people don't realize Wednesday. is
2: when Lou Gossett Jr. punched him in the nuts,
1: it hurt the gerbil.
0: Oh, that's an obscure joke. Um, <sighs> I
1: don't know if it's obscure. Even Family Guy's made Lou. It's <laughs> not obscure. It's just not.
3: Poor gerbil hey.
1: didn't have, didn't have, didn't have nothing. Didn't do did did nothing. Know, to nobody. I didn't know an officer and gentleman opened on a Wednesday because the thirtieth, two days later, is when you get forced vengeance. What? Night Shift and things are oh. tough all over. Oh, that's
0: not oh, a night shift. Oh, things are tough all over Sheets and Chong, but Night Shift is an underrated film. Yeah. Was made not which by. was not a hit. No, nope, made twenty
1: one million dollars, which is the exact same amount of money that things are tough all over, made. Oh, but still
0: They night both shift. made the same amount of money? I yeah. bet one of them costs a lot less than the other one. I would bet that
1: too. And none of them obviously touch that officer and a gentleman. gentleman money. Money. That's so
0: we're through July now. Mm-hmm. we ready for August? Oh, I forgot Night Shift came out in 19... 19- I really like Night Shift. Night I, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah,
1: though. It still holds up. August 4th is The Last American Virgin. Okay. August 6th, is August 6th is Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah. And the pirate
0: movie. The pirate movie. Is that yeah. with Walter Matthau? No, I think that's Pirates. That's the one directed by... Uh... Manson killed my wife.
3: <laughs> Roman Polanski? Roman
0: Polanski directed Pirates. Was it like an exclamation point? Yeah. That's not a good movie.
1: No, it's not. I can't find Pirate. Oh, the Pirate movie. Here it is. Christy A McNichol. parody homage yeah. to Gilbert and Sullivan's Pirates of Penzance. Yeah.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. Don't, we could pass that one. Yeah.
1: Christy McNichol, Ted Hamilton. The Ted Hamilton.
0: Oh, can t- I go really, really back. If you watch the making of the really in-depth one of The Thing, yeah. when John Carpenter, Kurt Russell, and everybody showed up on Universal's lot to shoot, it wasn't, hey, welcome, The Thing. <laughs> it was, welcome, Dolly, and Bert. Because <laughs> 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 at the same time, they were shooting the best little warehouse in nice. Texas on Universal's lot. So It was, welcome, call. Bert,
1: and Dolly. And the pirate movie, uh, August 9th, The Nest. No, no idea. Uh, August thirteenth, though, again, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yes, I can. Friday the thirteenth, Part Three, which was in three D. The Soldier and Tempest all came out that week. Now, which
0: one was the which one opened
1: number one? It has to be Fast Times. Uh, it's Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. Sh- well, shit, really. May, Friday the thirteenth made thirty six million dollars. Uh, fast Times only made twenty seven.
0: I bet you God, that Friday the Thirteenth never made never cost more than two to three million. Yeah, it's terrible. Even the I
3: mean that's th- directed by
0: Steve Miner, right? Those I think two and three are directed yeah. by Steve Miner.
2: I just remembered what I didn't know it was in. Th- I was a kid when I saw it. I didn't know it was in three D and just watching Jason squeeze that guy's head and the the the, the, the clearly it's oh, been a long time The now. eyes pop out and it's like the, the 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 what the fake glasses eyes, but they did it to make it look in three D. <laughs> And I didn't know it was in three. I was like, why the hell is that? Even as a kid, I was like, that looks cheap as shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> August 20th. One of the great films of all time. The Beastmaster. Oh,
3: Was that o- a hit?
1: Open, no, it made $10 million. I, I mean, didn't think so. For a good budget, yeah. yes. But for, I mean, compared to everything, no. Um, Mark Singer, right? Yep. Did Mark Singer, Beast directed Beastmaster, open, no.
0: Help me. Don Cheadle Don that's Coscarelli not, Don, Don Coscarelli It actually is the reason Why he left Hollywood to keep making Independent films It's such a bad experience
1: I can imagine um, But Beefmaster Opened up against The class of 1984 And a lot of people Don't remember The class of 1984 Joe do you want to tell us Yeah it's from Malcolm
0: is? McDowell Right Yeah And what
1: you want to tell Yeah it had Malcolm McDowell
2: Well I'm
0: trying to think Of who else is in it But Malcolm McDowell Is the one that's Sticking in my head It's directed by Mark L. Lester if I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah, I think he actually directed the sequel, which had Pam Greer for some inexplicable reason. And it's about a future where the students and the teachers are fighting and they're bad people. I don't know. It's not a hell of a plot, but I, that, I'm, I'm doing terrible justice. Yes, i will be
1: honest. I've never seen it because I always saw the box. And, I was, and by the way, by the time I was old enough to rent the class of 1984, that was so far in the past... Yeah. Then I was like, what the hell is this?
0: <laughs> I it, basically, yeah, the students were on a muck. Am I missing something? No. No, that's I mean, August
1: 27th, the films It's are,
0: not bad by the way. The sequel's not good, but uh,
1: our homework and Jekyll and Hyde together again. <laughs> the comedy.
0: Missed it. I'm <laughs> going to stick with Without a Clue. <laughs>
1: Okay, so that's August 27th. Okay. That's, that's all of August. We're getting into September. September, you get The Concrete Jungle opens against The Incubus. Hmm. Uh, and The Incubus, by the way, wins. Made 13 million compared to The Concrete Jungle's 5 million. I've never seen The Incubus. Um, September 17th, no new movies are released on September 10th. They go an entire week. September 17th, you get Hammett and Inchon. No idea. Nope. Neither one of them. September twenty fourth, we get back to it with Amityville two. The possession. That one, is that one
0: written by Tom Holland as well? I think it is. It opens
1: against and absolutely kills Eating Ryle. <laughs> <laughs> and Yes Eating Giorgio Rale is a better movie. Yes, Georgia. Those are the three films that opened that weekend. Hmm. Uh September thirtieth is the comedy
0: flush. Premieres. Never seen it?
1: That's all of September, folks.
0: Never heard of it. October. I the jury. Nope.
1: My favorite year. Uh, uh, was that a hit? Uh Seventeen Man was the biggest film that biggest of of the movies that premiered that weekend it has made the most. So May. my
0: favorite year is directed by Richard Benjamin, and it's loosely based on it's produced by Mel Brooks, and it's loosely based on Mel Brooks' life writing for the show of shows for Sid Caesar. Right. And if you never see it, check it out. It has I don't know the guy's name in it. It also has Joe Bologna, the guy that plays... I want to call him Richie or something the like that. The one
2: from uh, Perfect Strangers. Perfect
0: Strangers. And it has Joe Bologna and... Mark Lynn Baker. Uh, Mark Lynn Baker. And uh, the great actor, uh, Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole was basically playing... I can't remember. Is he playing...
2: So, it's kind is of... Is an
0: amalgamation one... of several people?
2: Yeah. So, the the the... The story goes it's supposed to be like Errol Flynn, Errol Flynn, but it's uh if you listen to Mel Brooks tell stories about it, it was just some random Spanish actor that he did that he w- that was famous at the time that came to do the show and he was massively drunk all the time. So it he ne- he never told uh, in the interviews I've seen he's never said his name. He just said it was some it was a Spanish actor. Okay. So um, yeah, but uh, everybody up Thank until you. up until I saw that interview, all I ever heard was, it was it's Errol Flynn. Flynn but okay. if you look at Errol Flynn's past, you would go, uh... It makes it, sense it, it that it would be sense. Errol
1: Flynn. Um, so, uh, kind of going from there, um, see, I a jury, uh, my favorite year. The Slayer, Sorceress, Split Image, and Time Walker. All premiered October 1st. I don't know any of those. No. Um, Time Walker has been mocked by Mystery Science Series 2000. Is that the
2: one with the plane?
1: No. Okay. No, that's Time Chaser. Sorry. Um, October ghost at- chasers.
0: Sorry for o- you supernatural fans. October eighth,
1: looking to get out. Comedy premiere. That's
0: been Chad's biography about Bonehead. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, October fifteenth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, he got a
0: ghost rider.
1: October fifteenth, which lady- made no
0: sense because it was an autobiography. I mean, uh, a biography about ghosts.
1: Lord, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Ghost first- Chasers.
0: Sorry, keep going. Just punishing the
1: audience. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fabulous Stains on October fifteenth premiered opposite The Love Child. (laughs) No, I man shit. I don't know any of these movies. October twenty second. Are we getting to something good? Uh Dulce's Horace premiered opposite a little film called First Blood. Uh, I heard of First Blood. Uh, 125 May and you should have heard of First Blood because David I didn't draw First
0: Blood poor David Caruso so, you first ever heard blood. you ever heard Stallone talk about the original cut of this movie he huh? tried to get it destroyed Mm-mm. it was almost three hours long and, and Rambo never shut the fuck up <laughs> so when they recut it he basically what he did was cut out all of Rambo's lines and that's the reason why the movie works
2: <laughs> yeah because he barely says a damn at, thing now does it
0: the only time he ever
2: really says anything is when at he's, the end at the yeah. end yeah
0: yeah. They cut out all of Rambo's lines. Damn. <laughs> First Blood, by the way, was... That's eight. Stallone. Yeah, yeah. Now, if they could have done that with Last They did blood, that for Rocky Four too. <laughs> if they did that with Last Blood, not only would that movie have been even shorter in an hour and 20 minutes... <laughs> But he talks a lot in that James. You have to admit. Oh,
1: the dude. But I literally like I said I was having a bad week. I wanted to go to something I oh, didn't have to think God, about that's terrible, and terrible. I got exactly Chad, what I you wanted. You got
0: to watch it just to let me know. I don't even think it's almost um, it's barely a movie. It's not really a movie. Hmm. How does it compare to The Rock in Walking Tall?
2: I the Walking
1: Tall rock but is good it's fun. It's seventy minutes long. It's seventy, yeah. min, but it's dumb fun. Johnny Knoxville. I think that's, that's better. That's because that's how I felt about Last Blood. I didn't go in thinking I'm going to have.
2: A I think the
0: Walking it. Tall remake is better, and I think the one where Schwarzenegger plays the sheriff plays the sheriff? What about the sequel to
2: Walking Tall with Kevin Sorbo? I never saw it. You're sir, not a cinephile. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I don't like touching kids. <laughs>
1: James <laughs> in the movie theater uh anyway so October 22nd First Blood premiered opposite Halloween 3 season of The Witch woohoo poor Halloween 3 ha- by the way First Blood box office total 125 million Halloween 3 14
0: <laughs> uh, Worse off than Halloween 3, though. But you know, I bet that was not a... That technically, I bet they didn't lose a dime on Halloween 3. Maybe. Uh, but I, I don't know. But, uh, there's no Halloween, way they spent more than $14 million in 1983 on Halloween 3. This was a film... 1982. This was, 1982 a, this was
1: a weekend, though, with six films, because another film that premiered this weekend is Jinxed. Yeah. And Monsignor and The Cinder all came out that weekend. Uh, the only ones that made money would be First Blood, Halloween 3, and actually
0: Monsignor... And I, I don't know is uh, Got Robert De Niro in it. Doesn't matter. Halloween Three is the most underrated Halloween film. There, I agree. We've talked I about agree. it before, though. We did a whole October
1: episode. 29th, right before Halloween. Two films came out that weekend. It came from Hollywood, which is by a the way uh, the uh, yeah. budget
2: for Halloween Three two $2,500,000. They made money
1: there. Uh, it came from Hollywood, but documentary theatrical mm-hmm. release made two million dollars. Looking at Hollywood monsters. Mm-hmm. Uh, National Lampoon's Class Reunion. Class
0: Reunion is the one I was thinking about. Sixteen million five hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, nobody, no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Uh,
1: so there's we're to, no, there's no senior trip. We're to November now. Mm-hmm. November
0: third, the Man from Snowy River. I never. So there's so many of these damn movies. I've said this so often. I'd never seen that till a year ago. Huh. Had you? Mm-mm. Have you ever watched it? Mm-mm. It's got Kirk Douglas in It's an Australian film. It's about horses. And they shoot horses, don't they? <laughs> was that a big hit, the man? Because they did their sequel called The Return
1: $20 million. Because
0: they did a sequel called The and Return And it was an
1: international. That's American box office. $20 million. It was so an international man. hit. Yeah, it was an Australian You know, there's two Star- movies from those.
0: 1982
2: that he still hasn't mentioned. I want to know when they came out. I, I'm,
1: I'll, well, if they give out in I'll get to them. Um, or they did you? I'm just saying words. Um, okay. So I can do one more. Uh, so, that was that was uh, November 5th, Five Days, One Summer, The
0: Missionary, and Piranha 2, The Spotting. <laughs> which, famously, for you all that didn't know, James Cameron was the original director and got <laughs> fired.
1: Right. So, we are now to, uh, sorry, November 10th, which means it came out on a Wednesday, a little film called Creepshow. Really? November 10th. Why not before Halloween? I don't know, but Creep Show was a hit. $20 million.
0: Yeah, I knew Creep Show was not a bomb. It was a hit for him. They did well with Creep Show. Um, so, November 12th,
1: so uh, that Creep Show, like I said was a Wednesday, the 10th. On that Friday, you get Alone in the Dark, not to be confused with the modern one. Mm-hmm. Come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy
0: Dean.
2: The hell?
0: I've heard of it. It's based I, on a book. Yeah, and I hadn't seen it. Or if I've seen it, I don't remember it. The Slumber Party Massacre. Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: that's one of those D movies that still holds up to this day. They
0: Call Me Bruce. Yeah. Uh, And let's see. White Dog. Oh, yeah. So, White Dog is directed by Sam Fuller. But I didn't think it was ever released in America. Till later on, I had to get it on DVD about eight or nine years ago because I couldn't find it. Because I don't even know if it came out on video in America. Do you all know what it's about? No. Nope. It's it was extremely controversial. It was about uh, and I guess these actually actually existed. These people, racists, would train dogs to hunt and kill black folks, and they were called. And sometimes they in this particular one was a white dog and they were called white dogs. Wow, it's called white dog.
1: Oh, so that's going back to our musical episode. That's that's part of the part of uh, Fitting His Rainbow. The guy trained the dogs to attack. I, didn't, I mean, I'm not.
0: No, yeah, no, it really it's, is. It's it's it it's a, called White Dog. If you ever get it, has got Paul. Oh, he's in Star Trek 2. He's the captain. Oh, Paul, yeah. Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield's in it. So if you ever get a chance, I, I don't know, it's a great movie. Oh, and it also has that. She was a TV actress. She was famous at the time. I can't remember Sorry. White Dog, Chad. You should, if you ever get a chance, to check it out. Let's it's not keep a moving. movie. November 19th, Bug,
1: Bugs Bunny's third movie, Thousand and One Rabbit Tales. The yeah. release. Heidi's Song. The movie that creeped me out as a kid, The Last Unicorn. Oh, God. Was that a hit? Uh, Six million dollars. Now, yeah, the, it the, you know the backstory on that? Mm-hmm. Peter Beagle wrote the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, And I, I I'm, I, I think he may still be alive. I'm not sure. But I've read an interview with him probably 10 years ago where they really did him dirty on that film. Like, he did not get the money he was promised. Mm-hmm. He did not. And I know for a while he had fiscal problems even though that money movie made money. Really? Because they basically said, we'll pay you a percentage of, out of profits. And of course, as as we know... Because of so many stories we've heard, Hollywood accounting means that man never saw any money, and he signed away the, huh. the, the one of his most famous stories. But
2: that movie did that movie. I loved it as a kid. It gave me nightmares. I don't. Remember. It does
1: feature, by the way, and the now late and I, we haven't talked about this, but Renee Avergnon has passed mm-hmm. away. Yeah, uh, and uh, he's
0: in, he's in it. So Q. Uh, so was Jeff Bridges. Q. The Winged Serpent, yep. directed by Larry Cohen. Smithereens. This all came out the same weekend? Yep. Yeah. Still of the Night and hmm. Tex. Tex.
1: Essie Hinton, the lady who wrote The Outsiders, right? She wrote Tex mm-hmm. as well, the book. So all of that came out the same weekend. The winner overall for Box Office, by the way, is Tex. Hmm. Made $7 million overall. Everything else I listed, less than $7 million. Nobody remembers Tex, though. I, yeah. don't,
0: I couldn't tell you I've ever seen it.
1: That's uh, Oh, I'm sorry. And then November 30th. Again, a week later, November 26th, nothing comes out. Hmm. It's a dead weekend. November 30th, Inseminoid comes out. The horror film.
0: You would think Thanksgiving would had more movies coming out at that time. I don't understand what's going on. Inseminoid, that's it. December
1: 8th. So we're into December now. You get. By the way, here's a loaded weekend. 48 Hours. What could make more money than 48 Hours? What film could you premiere against 48 Hours? I can't believe 48 hours?
0: Hours was not the number one film when it came out. Because they premiered against a film called Gandhi.
1: Oh, my God! Gandhi made more money than 48, 48 hours? hours? $127 million total box office by the end for Gandhi. 48 Hours made 75
0: Well, that's a big hit, but 48 Hours wasn't the number one movie that weekend. I think I think it was number one. I think Gandhi made more of it. Well, yeah, over time. I, just had an Oscar to, I
1: didn't put the order. I just did the thing. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the, the Luther that weekend, and still made money, was The Verdict. Man, three amazing movies Newman? in one week. Yeah. yeah. Verdict came out in the same one. All right, so we get into December tenth. Here's a loaded weekend in a different way. Airplane two, the sequel, sequel
0: which actually I enjoy. I do too. Mm-hmm.
1: Savannah smiles. No idea. Sophie's Choice. Well, I've made one of
0: those on here before.
1: The, that championship season and the toy. The <laughs> toy. Oh, uh, I by have the way, fond memories oh, of okay. the toy. It's uh, directed by Richard Donner. Overall
0: yeah. box office winner, the toy. That's okay. U.S. It's U.S. <laughs> <laughs> What's the box office on the toy? $47 million. So it was a hit.
2: hit. The toy, not only did I love the movie as a kid, but I was also jealous of the the collection. Of toys. Of toys. I wanted every single one. That and the other movie where I was jealous of the the toys that was featured, Walk Like
1: a Man.
0: I haven't seen it in (laughs) a long
1: time. All right. So we go from that weekend. Oh, man, toy. uh, December 15th. Premiering on a Wednesday, we get the film Honky Tonk
0: Man. Oh, God. Clint Eastwood had two movies out in the same year. Yeah. Was Honky Tonk Man a success? No. $3,700,000. I mean, $3, so not a success it's by the way one of his darker films if I'm remembering correctly right? I have seen it but James I haven't seen it since I was a young it's,
1: it's, man it's, it's pretty I better I, I be I bet I only remember. call me I mean. out call me out people if I misremember if it was a they haven't listened the they stopped listening <laughs> back in time, April yeah. but <laughs> if if I remember correctly basically Clint Eastwood plays a guy drinking himself it's almost an updating of basically the Hank Williams song I'm oh, yeah. sorry in my mind that's how I remember it anyway Uh, December 17th, two days later, following Honky Tonk Man's Wednesday premiere, you get
0: Best Friends, The Dark Crystal. Best Friends is Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn. They're screenwriters. Yep. Best Friends. I haven't seen that until a year or two ago either. Turner Classic Movies, man. Dark Crystal. Yeah. Francis. Six
1: Weeks. uh, Trail of the Pink Panther. And You mean Trial
2: of the Pink Panther?
1: No, Trail.
0: So, so did, so did Bert? Did did he direct two movies that year? Then what? Uh, d- um, shit! <laughs> director of Victor Victoria, the director of Pink Panther. Blake, Blake Edwards directed two movies. Uh, that let, me year. See, let me Was, was Trail
2: the Pink Panther with the one without? Um, it was
1: the, the the dad from Blossom. Uh, you're talking about Bill Bixby? Mm. No. no, so he was he directed a bunch Blake Edwards did. Trail of the Pink Panther. No, this was is what okay. Blake Edwards, is Peter Edwards, Peter Sons. Sellers, David Niven, et cetera, uh-huh. et cetera. Um, but yes. Uh, and I thought The Dark Crystal, by the way, would do that. I, I did not realize what a big hit Tootsie was. 177 million. Oh, no. Was tootsie, was,
0: to, tootsie came out that same weekend? Yeah. It was Tootsie, Trail of the Pink Panther, Six Weeks, Francis, The Dark Crystal, and Best Friends. No, no. Tootsie was a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah, huge hit.
1: 177 million. Second, I don't th- was Jim Dark-
2: Henson ever make a movie where it was, like, number one and popular? Or did it was just over time? I don't think there was. Was The Dark
1: Crystal make any money? It made uh forty one million dollars. So it did make money. some money. it
2: made money, but it wasn't number one.
1: Yeah. But Best Friends made thirty six. I mean five million dollar difference and you know which one of those was
0: easier to shoot. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, Best Friends does not hold up. I love Burt Reynolds, but it's
1: No, no, I'm just saying. Uh December twentieth, uh Clean Slate is released. Actually it's a French film, it's coup mm-hmm. d'etou but they American They
0: American remade it into Clean Slate. With... Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey.
1: And December 22nd, the last film that was released that year, the comedy Kiss Me Goodbye. Really? Yep. Never heard of it. And that's it for 1982. Wow. I stand by my thing. I agree. Overall, interesting
3: Overall that.
1: cultural impact, 1989. Now, 1982 has some great films, but when we went through 1989... It was, oh my God, how did that get released the same weekend? And how was this loaded? And I was. 82 had great, great films,
0: but it didn't have.
2: It's like all the great films were spanned over, like, two or three months. months. Yeah, there's nothing. June, uh, November.
0: 89 was a more interesting year.
1: So, 82, sorry, those that defend 82. You can come to Joe's I house and punch him in the face. I don't You're argue wrong.
0: with the influence of the movies that came out in 82. That That's not, I will say, though, f- to watch it merely for how movies were released yeah. consistently. 89 is much more 89. interesting. Well, and I think 89... And I, I think this, we're all shocked that Lethal Weapon 2 just owned the box office for the whole month of July. Yeah. Oh, well, Remember? And a,
1: 89 yeah. is really interesting to me because, again, I think that's the year of quotable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, and these are some quotable films in here yeah. but we all quote movies from,
0: from 89. I mean, yeah, and maybe we should do 84 next. I don't know. What so you're it?
1: saying we could do the class
2: of oh, 84? 84. It's not, I swear <laughs> it's not a bad
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I
2: think next time we do 84 we're cutting out the months where nothing
1: should happen.
0: A <laughs> we'll what what little quicker.
1: When I was going through this, when I was trying to prep for this, I was like why does they say 82? Because I, I did this in chronological order. And I started in January and I'm like the hell is this? Yeah, and I'm like, Oh, it must be February. February will pick up, right? Damn. We were four months in before I started to say, oh, yeah, sure. Because when I was like, the best thing I've got so far to talk about is a Klaus Kinski tale. <laughs>
0: I was scared to death this episode was going to suck more than it does. Well, just go ahead and we'll wrap it up because it's getting long. No, no. That's, that's all I have. I mean, that's Thank it. Thank you all so much. If you'd like us to do another year we'd like to i actually really like doing this i don't know how the audience feels about listening to it i know mick stran liked it but but yeah so
1: i'm going on record again you can come to joe's house and punch him in the face if you disagree with i agree me.
0: i agree you can 80? feel free to come to my house i live on remora drive <laughs> i have hair and boobs and look like dana thomas <laughs> <laughs>
1: if you hit my wife you're she gonna get back yeah and she's an attorney so pff, best of luck i ain't want an argument yet punch See for the, the boobs I mean, don't, because have you seen him? I mean, you haven't. I don't think I'm going to tell. No, I know you I'm haven't. A buddy. I know you haven't, because the website costs its premium for that
0: footage, and you ain't going to pay it. Boy, he's right. <laughs> I'll give you that CBS All Access card, but I ain't buying myself nothing. <laughs> anyway, no. Uh, so, yeah, that was interesting. Thanks, guys. We'll wrap yeah. it up. 82 sucks? No, all right, thank
2: you. I know. it's. You know who 82 didn't suck for? Mike and Ike. Alex Karras. You know, it
0: clearly did suck <laughs> Mike and I, <laughs> too. Can't believe you fucked that up. I dude, All right. Thank you all so much. This has been Bonehead Weekly. Please, l- I really do, though. Let us know if you want us to do another one of these. I'm interested. Carl, why do you keep working extra shifts out of that popcorn booth? Carl! <laughs> that's where get be- the blowjobs! <laughs> this has been Bonehead.
3: Carl!